It's another episode of Metal, Rock, and Whiskey. So tell your children not to walk my way. Tell your children not to hear my words. But tell your children to listen to our podcast. Oh, <laughs> that's right! <laughs> Boom! <laughs> while I Damn. sip this, while I sip this Four Roses store pick. <laughs> oh, 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 wait! This is Matt. Spoilers. This is Matt. Spoilers. Jake. Wait, Jake. Jake, are you here? <laughs> <laughs> you sound an awful lot like Matt. Hey, he he ribs a lot on you when you're not here, so we can rib on him when he's not here. Yes, le- actually, actually. Hang on a minute. Let's take a moment and reflect, shall we? <laughs> Let's do it. First of all, he does rip a lot on me when I'm not here. Second of all, you motherfuckers. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of mothers. <laughs> let's what? let's talk about where I wasn't on one of the last episodes. Your sausage and peppers episode. <laughs> sausage, you guys, because I wasn't here. So it was a bunch of sausages talking about peppers. If anyone didn't catch that, <laughs> metal cock I was, and whiskey. <laughs> I was not auditioning for a freaking play about American pickers. No, from the salty nature of your uh, your tone there, I assume you didn't get the part. <laughs> <laughs> Touche, Ed. Touche. I appreciate though the flattery of referring or comparing me to what's her head. Danielle? Um, yes. Oh, yeah. But no, that, that's not what I was doing. Nor okay. nor was I opening a sex shop, a nautical theme. <laughs> se- although, although I have to say, I wish I was because I'd be coming into some money for sure. I think that would go over really well. I don't know about the name of it, though, Matthew. Mm, I, it was uh-huh. clever. Come on. It was clever. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And I also was not giving topless tours in Niagara Falls for women. Wait, topless Tourette's tours. Not titties and Tourette's. in the mist. <laughs> I mean, I might do that all the time, but I guess I should start charging money titties for it. Note it. <laughs> you guys are fucking idiots. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. You guys are such idiots. I was... I was doing the nicest thing ever. I was at a family wedding in Hilton Head, and um, I was helping my aunt, who is my favorite aunt, uh, with her wedding. And uh, it was a wonderful time, and I had an amazing, amazing week there. So that's what I was actually doing, assholes. All right. But that's so boring. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck you say? It wasn't boring for me, Jesus. Oh, so anyway, anyway, wait, wait, Edward, wait, before you do that. Yeah. Where's Jake? We're not. He's not getting out of this. Excuse me. So where did he tell you guys he was this week? Because I know exactly. I know exactly where he is. So he has always um, wanted to audition for Chippendales. Yeah. He actually told me this story about before he was married when he was a young pup. Um, he was a server. I for, I think you I forget what restaurant it was for. And um something that some rhymes with shmur- shmurabas. Shmurabas. Is that what he said? Yeah, I think so. 
or Barabbas, something like that. And he always got the big parties of the ladies because apparently all the ladies liked Jakey and he was all upset because they would always be smacking his butt and pinching his butt. (laughs) (laughs) So I think he figured, you know, he's getting he's getting up there a bit in the years, getting to be middle aged soon. And he just, you know, he wants to give it a go. So he's this week. The Chippendales is coming through his area, so he's gonna he's he's doing uh, auditions tonight. So I wish him the best, and I hope he wins and gets the gig. Yeah, good luck with him on mm-hmm. that. I thought he was opening up his new uh, his new metal themed pizza shop. <laughs> <laughs> metal theme. Now, what would you call a metal themed pizza shop? That's pizza a good up, question. Pizza up your ass. Yeah. Pizza up your ass. There you go. Love it. <laughs> Lamb of mozzarella. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Oh, gee. Oh. You know what? But that's, you know, actually, I think he's doing something a lot more pedestrian. I heard that um, he is going, actually, flew out to Napa Valley, California. Oh. He is doing a... Um, private barrel pick like he likes to do except, shocking um he's doing a private barrel pick of uh some some rosé wine oh <laughs> okay a rosé I mean... store pick <laughs> Do they even age rosé? <laughs> is that even aged? <laughs> or is he just tasting it out of the vat? <laughs> oh my god. Uh. You know what? Ed, you're probably right. Out of all of the scenarios we've come up with, I think you're probably the most accurate. Touche. All right. <laughs> Guess we'll have yeah, to find out. He's been, uh, yeah, expanding his horizons. Here. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, well, I guess we'll find out next episode what, what he was up to. So, uh, anyway, for the listeners that might be new to the show, typically we compare two albums from one artist against each other. We discuss, argue, and debate the merits, and in the end, one album or artist will reign supreme. And today, we're going to do that. And guys, tonight, we will pay tribute, first of all, to all of the moms and mom figures out there, because this episode will uh, debut a couple days after Mother's Day, so we're paying tribute to all the moms. And we will also be discussing the man, the legend, and maybe he's a myth? I don't know. (laughs) Kind of. Uh, New Jersey's very own Glenn Danzig. You guys, I can hardly contain my excitement. I love Danzig on so many levels. Oh my God. I'm so excited. I'm fucking pumped. Yeah, this is going to be cool. He's uh, quite quite the career. 
something else we do that is equally important. We are all whiskey nerds. And on this show, we not only drink copious amounts of whiskey, but we also talk about it. Each show, one of us pairs a whiskey with the theme of the show. And tonight, that task will fall on Sailor's Lap. But first, what are we all drinking for this episode? Matt, how about yourself? Well, since we are talking about a New Jersey sun here in Glen Danzig, I had to go with a New Jersey whiskey. It was only fitting. Um, so I'm going with Tracks and Rails bourbon whiskey from Claremont Distilling. Uh, shout out to them. Hopefully they're listening. Um, it is a five grain bourbon. Uh, the fifth grain being oats, which really kind of ba- yeah Ooh, yeah five grains kind of unique. That's yeah. unusual. Yeah, uh, I'm drinking batch number one. I think they're up to batch three or four now. Uh, but very very cool, very unique. And if I can say what the oats kind of adds to it, 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 it kind of mellows everything out. So you're not looking at too much sweetness. You're not looking at too much spice. Kind of dries it out a bit. Makes it very well balanced. Uh, between thirty-five and forty dollars, I would highly recommend it to anybody. All right, um, not so bad. tracks and not rails bourbon. Yeah, absolutely. I How like actually. I like oat whiskey. Um, Koval makes an oat whiskey, pure oat. Yes. Yep. It's phenomenal. Um, I still have to try that. <clears throat> oh my god, it's so interesting. So it's very, very. The one thing I will say about oat is. You know, don't look for bold flavors. Don't look for mm-hmm. bold spice or bold sweetness. It's very creamy and light. Yep. It's an excellent whiskey for people that are new to whiskey, I think. It's also... So, yeah. I'm I'm sorry to interrupt. I just thought, would it compare more as to like a... Is it comparable to like a weeder? Like a weeded whiskey? No, or, it's like what, way... different. Way tamer, way smoother, way really? more soft and subtle. It's very soft okay. and subtle. Um, still big flavor, but soft and subtle. And it's actually not a new grain to distill with. Um, it's new again, I would say. But, you know, back in the day, we distilled any excess grain we had for whiskey, oh, sure. yeah. um, especially in the areas of Pennsylvania um, and New York. Oat whiskey was a thing around the time that rye came up. But uh, yeah, so I mean, I have to explain Koval's oat whiskey in many facets. And so I've gotten to know it really well. And I, it's really interesting and just really soft and mellow, like nice and yeah, smooth and, and creamy. It, and, and it certainly it mellows out the, the flavor components of a lot of the other of the other grains in that whiskey. So it just makes everything perfectly well balanced, which is why I like it. To your point, Sailor. Thanks. All right. You're welcome. Well, as for myself, um, I am sipping on my old reliable house bourbon, Evan Williams Black Label. So Um, good. It's good stuff. That is good stuff, man. I know. It's just like every time I drink it, I keep telling myself, I can't believe this is only like a $17 bottle, $15 bottle, or whatever the heck it was. It's... uh, you know, I like it better than some bottles I've paid two or three times. Yeah, I was actually, I was actually scoffed at for recommending that the other day, and the gentleman, <laughs> the gentleman was like, eh, "It's on the bottom shelf." I'm like, "Just because it's on the bottom shelf Shouldn't doesn't be. mean it's bottom shelf." Exactly. Yeah, it's Price a space point issue, means dude. Nothing. Yeah, and also like it's the same as wine. You know, people got to get over this shit. It took a long time for people to get over that shit with wine. Oh, it's a thirteen dollar bottle of wine. It must be crap. No, it's not. We know that now. Same thing with whiskey. 
Don't judge the price point, my friends. Evan Williams, Wild Turkey, so many more. Solid shit. Solid, solid Mm -hmm. pours for a good price point. And that's really what whiskey should be. I mean, sure, if you're going to get innovative and you're doing cask finishes, fine. But, man... We need to do a show on price points one of these days because it's we really we should. It's really starting to to get at me. I'm I'm really do not getting... fear consumers. Do not fear the lower price stuff. Okay, exactly. no matter where it is on the shelf, don't fear it. Not at all. If somebody recommends exactly. it, do it. Do it exactly. Yeah. You know what? And it's a less risky to try out the bottom shelf ones too because you're not out a lot of money if you just if you don't happen to like them. So give it a chance. Yep. Matt, what are you drinking? I already told you what I'm drinking. Oh, you did tell me. <laughs> it's me. What am How I drinking? How soon we forget? Hey, oh, sailor. sailor, what am I drinking? Oh, geez, guys, thanks for asking. Yeah, anyway. I am drinking scotch tonight. I went. I said I was done with scotch, but I'm not. What? Apparently. What? What? I went. Uh, I went back to scotch. Continuing on the scotch bandwagon. <laughs> yes, I you am are, drinking. You're almost like a full Sith now. You're no, I'm not. You're not yet. <laughs> not yet. I am drinking Ainsley Bray. It's a Highland single malt, and it is finished in sautern casks. Oh, nice. It is so delicious. Let me tell you. Sounds saucy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It it, it was a really excellent price point. I believe I got this bottle for under $30. Seriously. Yeah. For a scotch? Exactly. And a scotch with a cask finish. Uh, it's it's very light. It's light in color. Um, I can't find an age statement on it, and I looked it up. I'm assuming it's the minimum age statement, which is fine. Um, you can tell by the color, but there's a really good depth of flavor in there. It's very, very fruity. I get a lot of um, like tropical fruits in this, which, of course, comes from the cask mm-hmm. finish, yep. um, and a good amount of oak. There's no smoke in it because, as we all know, I am I do not like a smoky scotch. Although I like smoky bourbons and rice, it's quite strange. But um, mm-hmm. I would highly recommend you guys, seriously, for the price point. And again, I think that f- at least for a while, my scotch recommendations are going to be very targeted towards bourbon drinkers because I'm not quite there with scotch yet. Um, I'll let you know if I ever pick up a PD whiskey. And well, I did once, but that was Balvany. It doesn't count. Anyway. <laughs> For the bourbon drinkers out there, American whiskey drinkers, give this a shot. Um, I think you'll really enjoy it. It's it's really approachable if you're not a scotch drinker. It's delicious. And that's a single malt, you said, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. Highland. Hey, Sailor. Yes? Do you have some rock and metal news for us? You betcha. All right. Guns N' Roses, disappointing fans since the 1980s. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So so apparently, I don't know if you guys heard about this. There was a billboard that popped up in London recently. And they had this like, it kind of alluded to Guns N' Roses reforming. And I should say Guns N' Roses from the Appetite for Destruction era. Like the original band? Yeah. 
And it, okay. it I mean this well. was speculation from fans, but it was it was very um very confusing. And then it had a countdown and it pointed to a website and that website had a countdown. So apparently it was a countdown to like a box set. <laughs> oh, disappointing. Is, wah, wah. <laughs> like I said. So um yeah, so but but I was following this for about, I don't know, two weeks or something. And um, I wasn't seeing anything on the band's website, anything from the band. I'm like, what the hell is going on? I mean, if it's this big deal, why would the billboard only be in London? I don't understand. So the only person that commented on the speculation, which is very funny, is Steven Adler. So I'm going to give you give you his quote. <laughs> if it's a tour of the Appetite for Destruction lineup being together, which I have been praying for for over 20 years... <laughs> <laughs> Nobody has said anything to me. So I really don't know, but you'll definitely be able to see me play see me play Appetite for Destruction with an amazing band, Adler's Appetite, quote unquote, in Australia. So that's what we've got going for us. Until the other G and R guys <laughs> want to get the five of us back together. Don't hold whoever, your breath, Steve. Just <laughs> wait, it gets better. And he says, Whoever runs G and R, I don't know. Whenever they're ready, I know that I'm ready, and I'm ready and set. And he giggles. What? <laughs> Wait a minute. Dude, so the, set me up. There's, I'm ready. Let's do this. There's so many problems <laughs> with this. My favorite is, whoever runs GNR, I don't know. What the fuck Who do you mean GNR? you don't know? You know. <laughs> Everybody knows. Well, it, What? I don't know. I just found that so fucking entertaining. Poor guy. Oh. It's, like, kind of sad, too. I don't know. Um... So yeah, I thought that was really funny. So sorry, everybody. Um, if you were one of the people that, you know, this was a huge internet rumor and and you were hoping for an Appetite uh, era lineup to tour together again or reform, it's apparently not going to happen. Or Steven Adler isn't a part of it. <laughs> I don't know. He seems to be pretty in the dark. Oh, he so, wants yeah. to be a part of it, though. Oh, he does for sure. Except he doesn't know who runs his old band anymore. <laughs> anyway um okay next news you guys you guys yes uh-huh. we're listening everything is different but the same things are more moderner than before bigger and yet smaller it's computers more Any- moderner anybody know where that quote is from i probably should. i have an idea but i don't want to give it away you should know Drum roll, right. please. Brrr. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> oh, I can't believe I didn't recognize that. <laughs> so after years of delays and budgeting issues, Bill S. Preston Esquire and <gasps> Theodore Logan are finally going to be able to make a third Bill and Ted movie. I am so oh, giddy. I can't contain myself. It- as long as it's better than the second. Just hush. Just hush your face. <laughs> I'm excited regardless. Let me read you guys the synopsis on the plot that's been released. So here's the outline. Currently, it's in pre-production. Bill and Ted face the music. And we will see the duo long past their days as time-traveling teenagers and now weighed down by middle age and the responsibilities of family. <laughs> They've written thousands of tunes, but they have yet to write a good one, much less the greatest song ever written. 
and you know what that means. With the fabric of time and space tearing around them, a visitor from the future warns our heroes that only their song can save life as we know it. Of course. Out of luck and fresh out of inspiration, Bill and Ted set out on a time travel adventure to seek the song that will set their world right and bring harmony into the universe as we know it. Together with the aid of their daughters, a new crop of historical figures, and some sympathetic music legends, they find much, much more than just a song. So, there's no release date yet, but I promise I will absolutely update the listeners as soon as the date is released. I cannot wait. I'm a huge Bill and Ted fan, always have been. I love both movies. Of course, the first one is the best, but Mm -hmm. I have high hopes for this, and I usually don't. So, yeah. Excellent! It's, it's been a, it's been a long time. Are you guys excited? Uh, the, the second the second one left <laughs> me with kind of a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah, ah. yeah. I yeah, and that was I'm like there was like two there was the like hopes. two there was like two versions of Bill and Ted in the second one. There was like evil Bill and Ted, and I know, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But the first one was awesome, though. So hopefully, if, if this, I'll be happy if the third one is just better than the second. Yeah, likewise. Well, all right. Whatever, guys. Way to <laughs> ruin my excitement. I don't mean what? to burst I'm your excited. bubble. I'm excited. So that's your metal and rock news for this episode. Awesome. <laughs> all right, next. What do we got next? So, Sailor, what is your whiskey pairing for us tonight? I have a really good one tonight. I'm going to mispronounce a lot, so I'm I'm giving that as a uh, disclaimer up front. Can I'm I guess is it going to be Irish? Forgiveness. It can't I'll be. Just... A, it can't be American whiskey. <clears throat> You'll find out. Okay. So, okay. Tonight I give you Wolf Burns, Kilver Number Three. But first, let me tell you the story about the historic site of Wolfburn. Thurso is the most northerly town on the British mainland with records dating back to Viking times when it was under Norse Arcadian rule and a major gateway to Scandinavia and the Northern Isles. The area is fringed to the north and east by dramatic coastal scenery and is home to internationally important colony of seabirds. Thurso Bay and the distillery overlook the turbulent waters of the Pentland Firth towards the imposing cliffs of the Arcadian island of Hoy. On a clear day, the Old Man of Hoy, which is a 449-foot sea stack on the Isle of Hoy, can be seen in the far distance. The Thurso area was once inhabited long before the Vikings arrived to give it its name. This is Flow Country, which is an ancient and almost unique environment, the largest expanse of blanket peat bog in Europe and perhaps in the entire world. In May of 2011, a team member of what would be the new Wolfburn went to locate the site of the old Wolf Wolfburn bleh, distillery in Thurso 
Caithness. After 150 years of neglect, they found a barely discernible pile of stones. But one thing remained from the yesteryears of Wolfburn, which was the water and the peat. The cold, clear waters that fed the mash tun and stills all those years ago were still flowing just as they always had. And if the Wolfburn was still there, then we reckoned the whiskey could be too, they said. A year later, the land was purchased, and the owners of Wolfburn began to erect new distillery buildings. They built an efficient distillery, modern, but also a distillery that runs all of its processes by hand, just like the old days, to create what they feel is a better quality of whiskey. Named after a burial stone that features one of the earliest examples of the Viking runic alphabet and to reflect the history of Caithness that surrounds them, the Kilver series will grow as the Wolfburn grows and chart their journey through the years ahead. Emblazoned upon this bottling is the rune meaning thirst, which means thorn to some, while to others it means giant. This limited edition expression shows off a big bourbon cask flavor with a hint of sherry in the finish. Up front, I found a lot of vanilla and very, very soft smoke. As you guys know, I don't love heavy, peaty smokiness. On the palate, I easily found a lot of brown sugar and molasses, raisin, and the most interesting thing when I tasted the sample of this was it was a different flavor of banana than I've ever encountered. Kind of a nuttiness to it, which is a little bit hard for me to describe. The finish is long and spicy, and you'll definitely get a lot of cinnamon and that raisin coming back to hang on. So this is my pairing tonight with Danzig because it is unique, it is a bit elusive, and it's something that has been erected and is long-lasting just like the man himself. Sounds interesting. Very cool. You know what? When you started talking about the cool waters or whatever, all I could think about was from the land of sky blue waters. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) I just thought this went completely different subject. I thought this went really, really well with, with um, the subject of tonight for me. Yeah. I don't know. Very, very mythical. Yeah, that's what yeah. I liked about it. Yeah. Mythical. Yeah, yeah. 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 Sure. And and kind of like, especially because it's Northern English, so it's not Irish whiskey, it's not Scotch. Is it English? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. almost Scotch, but it's not. So I kind of felt like that really paired well with Danzig, because what the hell is he? <laughs> it's it's hard to, you really can't put him in a category. Do you yeah, know what he, I mean? He is Danzig. That's Exa- what it is. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I thought yeah. that was, that was really fitting. And that's, that's why I chose this. Um, so I often go on a lot of these Scotch websites and um, Irish whiskey websites, and you can get tiny little samples for like three pounds which sometimes is equivalent to like five or seven dollars depending mm-hmm. they're little samples you're getting about an ounce and i mean samples sometimes of three hundred dollar bottles like it, i mean you you can't get any better than that that's it's not amazing. Bad. no not at all not and if you all. buy a bunch of them you get free shipping so it's totally worth it if you want to taste some of these very exotic unique or hard to find especially if you can't find these expressions in the u.s you can do Are it you, that way we- would you be talking about Master of Malt? They're one of them, yes. Yeah, yes. yeah okay, because I heard that yeah. they're not going to be able to ship to the U.S. anymore. Yeah, so they're going to ship to Canada, and then we're just going to get them from Canada. <laughs> oh, is that <laughs> That's the how we're going to work that. I actually received an email uh, from them, and I received an email from uh, the Whiskey Exchange, which is another one of my favorite online 
overseas places I like to buy stuff from, uh, talking about shipping. And the Whiskey Exchange, anyway, said the original email was, we can no longer ship to your state, unfortunately. Mm. Um, We'll keep you abreast of the situation. So then not a couple days ago that I get another email saying, oh, wait, we can ship to your state now. So no worries. Please come back to our site. Hmm. So... You so know. we knew now we know the real reason you're moving. <laughs> Touche. So I think these are ever changing things and um you know <clears throat> especially a site like Master of Malt and there's several others. Y- you fuck with trade like this among the whiskey world and you're going to hear about it. Yeah, I mean they're very so, fluid. The laws are very fluid, you know. Very, all very. everything. People push the limits sometimes, so Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm not worried about it. But those Master Mall Advent calendars, you can make the Advent calendars. Oh, <laughs> it's I just like love 30. Those. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you're right, priced very well, you know. Yes, priced very very well. Really it, it, it's it's really a smart thing. I mean, I looked at it and I'm like, god, I should create my own site where I just bottle up samples, little samples of my collection, which isn't even that big and make two times the money on my bottles and save some for myself. It's actually a good idea. <laughs> Jake is looking into that right now. <laughs> yeah, Jake is like, do you want to have 50,000 samples of a million different Four Roses? I can do that for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's next, guys? Okay, so this is where you have a timeline, Sailor, I think. Oh, I do? I yes, do? I oh, I do. All right, you guys, how in the motherfuck do you do a timeline on the Misfits, Danzig, and Glenn Danzig himself? We'd be here for hours, like legit hours. So I'm just going to say that I did the the best I could to make it concise. What I feel like, like I hit the important points of the history, and then we'll just discuss after that. So listeners who probably have far more knowledge of your big Danzig fans than I do, although I'm a big fan. Um, you know, I did it this way just for time's sake and to allow us to have a discussion because you can be here forever and ever. <laughs> so having said that, let's start with Glenn Danzig was born in Lodi, New Jersey in 1955. Yeah. Yep. He has had a long, winding, and very interesting career. But of course, we must begin with The Misfits. In the mid-1970s, Danzig started The Misfits. He released The Misfits album on his own label, the first one. He was unable to get the band signed to a major label, and he was actually told he would never have a career in music. So he finally disbanded The Misfits in 1983 as he felt he couldn't work with the guys anymore. They weren't interesting enough for him, and they weren't interested in putting in the time and work to evolve in the way that he, that his vision of evolution so he began Samhain. Now he's doing this without really any major successes with the Misfits, which is strange to look back on. So it briefly featured some members of Minor Threat and Reagan Youth. They released a debut demo, and in 1985, the band's EP Unholy Passion was released following uh, November Coming in Fire in 1986. 
So Samhain eventually began to attract the interest of major, major labels, including Epic and Elektra. Rick Rubin, of course. How many times have we talked about Rick Rubin? We really need to do a show on just Rick Rubin. Master yeah, Splinter. Sounds like it. Yeah, dude. He's like a thread through everything. Um, so he was, of course, the head of Def Jam at the, so- at the time. He saw the band perform in 1986. And on the advice of Cliff Burton, yes, Cliff, he had good taste, mm. they met at a Black Flag gig and became friends, him and Cliff. And uh, then the other... The other guys in Metallica are big fans of his and uh, really helped to support him. So in 1987, Sam Hain was signed and the band changed their name to Danzig. His intention, Glenn's, was to have each album feature a different lineup, allowing him to work with different musicians. And thanks to Rick Rubin, Glenn was asked to write a song for Roy Orbison. The song was Life Fades Away and it was featured in the movie Less Than Zero. And he also contributed to the song You and Me on the same movie. So in 1993, Danzig broke into the mainstream with a live video for Mother. We definitely need to talk about this because this is an anomaly and certainly something that if you weren't there at the time in the early 90s and late, even the mid 90s, you probably don't understand what it means to break in that format. Um, this was years after the song was released, by the way. It was not a new song when it broke. So just as Danzig was hitting its commercial peak, two of Danzig's albums prior were being certified gold. So in 1994, the release of Danzig 4 saw the band going into a darker and more experimental sound. Glenn Danzig was really disinterested in fame and fortune and just really focused on experimenting with music and kind of doing what he wanted to so his vocal style and range developed as well at this time most notable in songs like going down to die which had a more bluesy based approach at this time he also wrote a song for johnny cash and that song was 13 and appeared on the Amer- the album american recordings in 1996 the band underwent a complete and total overhaul The original lineup had totally fallen apart, including Glenn's relationship with their label and with his relationship with Rick Rubin and Rick's involvement as a producer had become less and less with each album, actually, with Danzig kind of taking over. So he would later engage in a legal battle with Rick Rubin over unpaid royalties and the rights to the band's unreleased songs. Ouch. So... Danzig hired new bandmates, and most notably, Joey Castillo, who would continue to be the band's drummer for a very long time until 2002. They had a really great working musical relationship. In September of 1999, Danzig signed his band to Imagine Records, becoming the first artist on this label. Danzig released three more albums between 99 and 2004. Then in 2005, Danzig toured to support the Circle of Snakes album and the Blackest of Black tour. Misfits guitarist Doyle Wolfgang von Frankenstein. Greatest name ever. (laughs) Frankenstein. Ish. So anyway, Doyle joined Danzig on stage for a 20-minute set of classic Misfits songs. And Danzig said in an interview, to do this right, I invited Doyle to join Danzig on stage at the Blackest of Black for a special guest set. This is the first time we'll be performing on stage in 20 years, and it's the closest to a Misfits reunion anyone's ever going to see. Hmm. That was in 2005. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So on October 17th of 2006, Danzig released his second solo album called Block Aria 
Black, Black, Black Aria 2. In a July 2010 interview with Metal Injection, Danzig said, well, he was asked if he was going to make another Danzig record after um, Death Red Sabbath. And his response was, I don't know. We'll see. With the way record sales are now, I don't want to do some stupid Pro Tool record in someone's living room where all the drum beats are stolen from somebody and just mashed together. And I'm not going to do that if I can do a record how I want to do it. And if it's not financially feasible, I'm just not going to do one. End quote. Hell yeah. Okay, then. So, currently, apparently he doesn't give a fuck. So, currently, we're going to skip forward to uh, right now. Dinsick said he wishes to avoid extensive and exhaustive touring in, in the future and in the present. He says he really wants to focus on his variety of music, film, and comic book projects. He says, in quote, I don't really want to tour. My reason is because I'm bored of it. I like being on stage, but I don't like sitting around all day doing nothing when I could be home working. So I'd rather just make music and not have to tour and be tied to a label that requires me to tour. Fair enough. So on May 12th, 2016, Danzig only and Frankenstein announced they would perform together as the Misfits for the first time in 33 freaking years. Fuck yeah. And I know. And two headlining shows at the September 2016 Riot Fest in Chicago and Denver. He later noted that he would be open to possibly doing more shows. And of course, in 2017, he returned to the stage at Riot Fest with his band. So the newest Danzig album, Black Laden Crown, was released in May of 2017. He states he will be releasing another album as Danzig. And as we know, Misfits is doing some select tours this year in 2018. So that is the best I could do at a timeline in the zigzag of that career. Pretty good. Not bad. Pretty damn good, I will say that, yes. Well, thanks. Yeah, what an interesting character. Interesting as hell. Man. You know, I, I just wish that I had been more into Danzig back in the day. I mean, yeah, you know, I, I, I've gotten into them now and <clears throat> researching this, you know, it's like, I'm surprised at how much I enjoy Misfits music. I went out and immediately bought like two of the Misfits collection CDs off of Amazon and, and, and listening to those. And it's hard to describe the music to someone who's never heard them before. Yeah. They're so different. It's it's a fun. It's um it's cool. It's just It's very raw. Yeah, not, yeah raw. Yeah. I think that's a good word for mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um so I think most people's exposure to Misfits and the Danzig probably came, you know, very similar to mine. The only reason I know about Danzig is because of the song Mother. <laughs> and that became a hit and that that's how I knew about Danzig. And the Misfits, the reason I know about them is through Metallica's cover of Last Caress and Green Hell, which I'm sure that... But the, there's also, Ed, will, you, te- will you tell us, you yeah. you found a little Easter egg. There's a Oh, cor- yes. Let's talk I about that. I should mention that. Yeah, because I... So, to our listeners, I, um, I was listening to um, the song Helena. By Misfits, mm. and specifically, I was watching the video on YouTube, and um, 
I, I even remember the time. It was about a minute and 27 seconds into the video. You can go on YouTube, look it up, listen to it, watch it. About a minute and 27. All of a sudden, there's a riff that comes up, and you know he sings along with it. And I'm thinking, man, I've heard this before. And then it hit me. Sanitarium by Metallica. Lifted right out of there. At least that's what it sounded like to me. Now, you know what? Through the magic of editing, I can insert both back-to-back and see what you think. So I'll do that right now. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So, am I crazy? No, not. Or do those two? It's very damn you know, close. <laughs> it, I mean, it's uncanny. Yeah. No, no, no. It is. It is like exact. And when I first, when you first told me that, I was like, well, they have a really good relationship. You know, I wonder how that went down. Blah blah. blah. But but hang on a second. So, <clears throat> Master of Puppets comes out in 1986, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, so I didn't know when Helena came out. Was it? It wasn't um, that on at all. Famous? At first, I thought maybe Metallica might have lifted it from Misfits because you know they've done covers of their songs and stuff. So I wasn't sure. But Sailor, did you find out when? Yes. So that yeah. was okay. So Helena's on Famous Monsters, released in 1999, and Ooh, so, okay. and so Danzig. So Glenn Danzig is not a me- is not a member of the Misfits at that time. He was not yeah. on that album. So, okay, for the Misfits, Walk Among Us was with Glenn Danzig. Earth AD, Wolf's Blood, with Glenn Danzig. American Psycho, no Danzig. Static Age, yes, Danzig. Famous Monsters, no Danzig. Project 1950, no Danzig. Devil's mm-hmm. Reign, no Danzig. So, this is an album without Glenn, okay? I find that <laughs> very odd. All those years later, that's a lot of years, don't you think? Yeah. That's a lot of Nin- years, yeah. 1986 to 1999. Yeah, 13. Uh, and that's a that's not a subtle ripoff. That's a... It's, that's, it's, to, to the listeners, it's, it's not... If you know Sanitarium, it's not very subtle. No, I'll say that. it is not. Yeah. So my whole well, initial theory... Well, right. My yes. whole initial theory of, well, they were friends. That's right. Did, did one write the riff and the other one borrowed it and then borrowed it back or whatever, which is fine and happens often. But since Danzig's not in the band, I'm not sure how to feel about that. Mm. Who knows? I don't know. I, I doubt Metallica would have much of a problem. Being I don't think anybody would give so, a fuck. No, no. no I don't think, I don't think really anybody give gives a, crap, a fuck. But no, it's whatever. Just I just thought it was interesting. Yeah, sure. And it could have sure. been, and I mean, uh, often... 
and this could totally be it. It could be um, kind of like an homage to Metallica, an homage yeah. to the great days of Metallica, by the way, <laughs> the best days of Metallica, by the way, <laughs> the days, the only days of Metallica, uh, by the way. <laughs> well, being a little harsh, I think. <laughs> nah. Anyway, but we won't go back there. We go no, back I want to say I want to say one thing about I want to say one thing about. Glenn Danzig, the individual, real quick. Um, and I think we talked about this a little bit when we talked about um, David Lee Roth when we had in our Van Halen episode. Yeah. Everyone sees him for the entity, the stage presence, um, what he can do on stage, basically. Um, mm-hmm. Everyone discounts how great a musician Glenn Danzig is. The guy you know, he started with piano, clarinet. The guy um, got in the music business when he was 11 years old. 11 years old, working as a roadie. Um, oh my god! Yeah, 11. 11. Who would I mean, hire an 11 year old as a roadie? That's but it's I true. Want. It yeah. was it was like the 70s, wasn't it? It was the 70s. Yeah, and ironically enough, that's when he started abusing alcohol and drugs. Shocking. Not gonna, not gonna say the two are connected, but I think the writing's uh, on the, the wall there. They're connected. <laughs> oh, I, I think that's a safe assumption. Uh, he has written songs for other um, all-time musicians. I mean, Johnny Cash, Roy oh Orbison. Yeah. yeah, that blew me away when I found that out. I was like, yeah, so I think you don't that, get any better than that. No, you don't. No, I mean, no. I mean, sorry, no. Yeah, uh, but I think that sometimes the aura of a person will overshadow, you know, the actual talent. That is there. Absolutely. And I think I think Danzig is one of those guys. Um, Absolutely. You know, the David Lee Roth factor, like I said. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you see the you, guy. Yeah. I get your correlation. However, I, I'm going to argue that point with you, actually. Okay. And I'm going to argue that point with you because of the talent that Glenn Danzig has. His talent, he... David Lee Roth set out to be a personality and a persona oh, and a stage present. Yep. That was his major goal. His chops, as we discussed, were not as good as, you know, let's say Sammy Hagar's, but he's still David Lee Roth. Yes. You know, he's still Van Halen. To me, he's more Van Halen than even Eddie Van Halen, which we discussed mm-hmm. controversially. Yeah. Glenn Danzig never really gave a fuck. You know, he just is who he is, but his talent is, 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 overwhelming and the more it seems the more he tried to seclude himself and just focus on music and writing music and experimenting with music but the more he became an entity of Mm -hmm. mystery you know and that that led to the whole dancing persona but i think it was um something that he it's something that he tried to rile against that he didn't really want you know Mm -hmm. he just wants to make really great music and he became this whole thing that that's where I would say I see what you mean totally, but that's where I would make the separation between the two. That he he doesn't give two fucks about being a persona and an entity. He just wants to make music. Correct. Um, yeah. Similar to Trent Reznor, I would say. Um, if you know anything about Trent Reznor, same. Mm-hmm, sure. It, yep. You know he he's just into making amazing music and being experimental and could give two fucks about making money off of it or being a persona or whomever, and also wrote music for many amazing artists. Very true. And collaborated with yep. them. Um, and, and that's what always, you know, uh, I mean, 
Danzig, he's a great stage persona. Yes. For sure. I've seen him live several times. He's fantastic. Um, but yeah, he's, he's sadly very overlooked in many ways because, you know, until you say like, oh, he wrote music for Johnny Cash and Roy Orbison. If you know anything about Johnny Cash and Roy Orbison, these are two artists that were very talented themselves in music writing. They're Mm. very talented musicians, very talented songwriters, great musicality in them and great ears. So it's a little different than writing a song for Madonna, you know, or whomever, who doesn't really have the ability themselves that these two musicians do. So to write for musicians like that, the listeners should understand how wholly impressive that is. Yeah. You know, for, for musicians that write incredible music themselves to be chosen and say, yes, I, I want to play this song. This is great. Yeah, and two, inti- and two intimidating personas in their own right. Absolutely. We could do several episodes on both of those guys. Oh, God, yes. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So aside from being... And that's why, you know, when we talked about doing this episode, we were like, should it be a Misfits episode? And we were like, no, it should be a Danzig episode because it's Glenn Danzig, you know? And he's so many different things, as we'll discuss after the break. Um, He's so many different entities. but um, And and we should certainly, after the break, discuss his, well, his, his and the Misfits, although it came later, his contribution to music at that time, which was not mainstream at the time. So, you know how I said in the timeline that some several of his records went gold? That's a hell of a feat. You know, now, I think if you were to say, like, now or let's include the past five years, if the Misfits were to come out or Danzig, it would be way more accepted in the mainstream than it was back then. So I think oh, it's sure. a hell of a feat that he went gold back then, certainly. And that it was... A video of mother that really <laughs> that really launched him. <laughs> Do you think it? Re- you really incredible. think it would be more accepted now? Yes, certainly, really? absolutely. Yeah, because those two genres are very well established and and evolved. Certainly, mm. yeah, I do. But yeah, do I mean, think, so- yeah. But do you think it would be accepted as one thing, but popular? Yes. Pro- yeah. Really? <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, psychobilly and rockabilly now. With the, I mean, do you consider the Misfits psychobilly, rockabilly, rockabilly, metal, rock esque, whatever the fuck you're gonna call it? Absolutely. (laughs) See you. See, see you just okay. But that did that word that genre did not exist when they came out. Horror punk. That's why I just said all the things I just said because that's what we were unsure, right, Ed? How to categorize them at the time? There wasn't a category for them. But that category exists now and partly because of them, mm-hmm. certainly. Well, I think now that um, given the history, you know, we've seen the history of music come up through from the 70s through the 80s, we realize how important the genre of that, uh, those early punk bands and how important they were into forming um, and influencing um, later, especially like rock and metal bands, um, you know, like. Um, dead kennedys oh like, dead kennedys uh, yes you know bands like that um oh what am i saying um 
Oh, Sex Pistols, one of the big ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, bands like that. The Dead Milkmen. The Back Dead Milkmen. You know, they they had a hardcore group, underground group of people who loved them, but they were far from mainstream. Oh, Ramones, you know, not quite as hardcore, but still falling into um, more of the punk style rock. Um but yeah, I think now that type of music, now that we can look back and we've realized how important those types of bands were, I think a band like the Misfits now, if they were start, like you said, started to put out um, more music, I think they would have more success now than they did, you know, 40 years ago. Abs- years ago. I absolutely think so. But still no radio play, though. I mean, who gives a fuck about radio play well, right I mean, now? Hey. Right now, that's irrelevant. Yeah. What, what how, horror how punk band? Now listen to radio. Well, and also, what horror punk band right now is getting radio play? Hey, I listen to radio. Well, and look at me, you know, I have to bring it up because they're so in, influential as Metallica. How much radio play did Metallica get pre Black Album? That's no. true. They got yeah. none. For the record, so many- there has to be a dissenting opinion here. We can't all agree on this. <laughs> well, I guess you're taking Jake's place. Most of the most of the bands that we have discussed on this podcast did not get big radio play. They did not need right. that, and that pro- that proves a lot to me, and um, makes me feel really good about the time that I grew up in it in regards to music. It makes me feel a little hopeless about the time I'm living in right now about music. I don't know, but. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think radio play is a factor anymore. Because music sucks right now. Uh, It does. There are some exceptions, but uh, yeah. The trend trend is away from rock and metal right now. That's what's not... That's not... Not in the the underground. Not in the underground. Not in the underground. Yeah, is the trend away from rock and metal, or is rock and metal changing its mask if you will you know what i'm saying oh thank god is is, it is, is rock it is, is rock and metal conforming to the mainstream or is no that already happened in the no. late 90s and early 2000s so new so. metal quote unquote i wish jake was here because he'd be we would be battling right now that's what new metal did corn and all that fucking garbage no, that was no, on the no, radio no, and mtv no, every no, five no, minutes no 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 yeah 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 no because yes. corn no because corn is unique they're not what I was can, unique about them nothing who sounds like them literally nothing every everything else around that five-year period literally no everything else no there anyway, no, there is no other band. Anyway, back to Danzig. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, Listen, you're doing a really good Jacob impersonation tonight. Sailor, I, like I will agree with you on 99% of all that new metal stuff, but Corn does not sound like any of those guys. Sorry. They sound like everybody else in that no, time? No, they don't. Uh, I don't know. I'd have to side more with Matt. Nope. That one. Sorry. They're garbage. No. I can name ten bands that sound exactly the same, and then there's corn over here. 
But anyway, yeah, Danzig. So, Danzig. Still garbage. Danzig. So how about those uh how about those Danzig memes I've you've been telling me about? <laughs> We're not gonna talk about those yet because I have to pee and we need a break. Uh, all if right. We, well there's a little teaser for what's coming up. If we don't take a break, I'm gonna pee my pants. And as funny as you guys think it is, it's not so funny for me. All right, so we're back. We have refilled our glasses and we have emptied our bladders. Um, ish, kind of. <laughs> so uh, we're talking about what the fuck are we talking about? Danzig. 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 His the man, mother. We didn't do it, you guys. None of us did it tonight. Mother. You just did. <laughs> Tell you cheater not to walk my way. <laughs> he is like right. he is like Elvis and Satan had a baby. <laughs> wow. Sounds like Elvis, persona of Satan. Oh man. <laughs> Satan's a pretty cool dude, so I'm alright with it. Ed's like, I'm not down with that whole Satan thing. <laughs> so anyway None of us are before we went on the hey, break i am the fuck i uh i brought up the subject of the danzig memes now uh-huh. personally i had missed these things until what sailor had pointed them out to me how could so, you sailor, miss such things you, i think you're you should you're fully qualified to uh let our listeners know about these memes because I'm sure there may be plenty of them who didn't know about them. Okay. Either. So, all right, well, we're, we're going to do it like this. So, for those youngins that didn't know Danzig for the for his music as Danzig or the Misfits, what they do know is Danzig memes, and I will I will tell you how this came to be. I polled children of my friends and my own nephews, and I said, hey, guys, what do you know about dancing? And they're like, oh, the guy with the kitty litter? And I was like, oh, fuck. (laughs) Like, (laughs) as funny as it is, it kind of sucks that the poor dude has been like, like, that's how kids these days know him. But let me start off by telling you this epic fucking story that that happened and uh went viral on the internet so this is apparently a guy who lives down the street from danzig literally so he's like doing an im message with his friend and he's like oh my god you guys i have the worst neighbor ever and you're never gonna believe who it is and this guy is a millennial doesn't give a shit about who Danzig was, not into his music, like not, it's not like a fan thing. He's just like, whatever, it's just some, like in his opinion, it's some like washed up musician, which is not the case, by the way, about Danzig (laughs) at at all, at all. So this is his perspective. He's like, yeah, so like this guy's Danzig and the other guy's like, no shit. And he's like, yeah, like legit Danzig. He's like, are you fucking kidding me right now? He's like, no, dude, I'm totally serious. He's like, Okay, well, what's the story? And he's like, okay, so Danzig lives, and I'm, I am right now, I'm quoting, not, I will tell you when I'm paraphrasing, but right now I'm quoting. So 
Justin says, Danzig lives in this shithole house near me in Los Feliz, about 100 yards down the street. His house is super run down, but he has an amazing jaguar in the backyard. So anyway, it's a palace of, and he goes, evil. So the guys, the other guy's like, okay, so what's the story? And he's like, okay, so he has this huge pile of bricks in his front yard. The house looks like an evil Pixar house, like a total piece of shit. <laughs> but his immediate neighbor came up to him and this guy is like jogging and hears this exchange. So his exact neighbor next door says, dude, can you please do something about all of these bricks that are stacked in your yard in front of your house. You're bringing down property value. And I'm actually trying to get my house appraised. So he goes back and forth. Dude like starts running slower, you know, kind of like jogging in place. He wants to hear this because it's pretty interesting. So there's a back and forth. And finally, the neighbor's like, listen, like I'm going to contact the, I don't know if he said the town or the city or whatever, and and report you because it really is like the state of your house is bringing down the whole neighborhood. So <laughs> a couple of days later, same guy who was jogging and listening to this is jogs by again, and he sees Danzig out there by himself removing the bricks. And this is what he hears. He's like, here I am, motherfucking Danzig, just cleaning up my motherfucking bricks, bitch. Like, fucking Danzig, clean up my bricks. See? Are you looking at me? Are you seeing this? I'm cleaning up my bricks, bitch. <laughs> and the guy's like, oh my god, this is like the best thing that's ever happened to me in my life. Is I'm hearing, I'm watching Danzig with his little gloves on, removing the bricks from his front yard bitching about it and legit yelling towards the other neighbor's direction of his house even though nobody was there i'm just yeah just clean up my bricks bitch is what he kept saying like 50 (laughs) times like oh shoot best thing ever (laughs) so okay that's one story but the most famous the one thing that made Danzig famous to the generation that knows nothing about him or his music was a photo that paparazzi got of him walking through the parking lot of a, of a supermarket, and he's carrying a lot of kitty litter. The meme went viral, and it says, I got something to say. I fed my kitties today. <laughs> <laughs> and I got I to gotta say... Huh, I laughed my fucking ass off when I heard that. I fed my kitties today. Hey, listen, if it's a meme that gets today's generation to listen to the music just because of the meme. Did that though. I'm I'm all for it. Yeah, exactly. I I have no problem with it if it brings more people into the fold. Same. But I don't know if that's what happened. What I do know is there was another meme shortly after that. That is of Danzig. Just someone flipped the photo upside down and it says, whoa, what a feeling. Danzig on the ceiling. Danzig on the ceiling. I mean, that's pretty fucking amazing. And then there was another meme of Elton John with his arm around a little boy in a tux and someone superimposed Danzig face over it. And it says, hold me closer, tiny Danzig. Tiny Danzig. (laughs) So every time I hear the song of Tiny Dancer... I hear Tiny Danzig. Can't help it. Nice. So memes apparently brought Danzig back into the fold and created 
crazy internet viral popularity for him. There are so – if you just Google – all you have to do is Google right. dancing I, memes. I have to admit it. I am looking at them right now. <laughs> dancing in the street. There's a plethora of them. <laughs> a private Danzig. <laughs> dancing for money. <laughs> There's so many. Oh my Isn't, god! There's one with him eating so cake too, right? Like yeah, there's yeah, 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 yeah. Like a uh, cake, um, a cake one. Hang on. Uh, hold on. Oh my god, there's so like you. I could we could literally do a whole podcast. Okay, so another one of my favorites is one of him. It's not the most flattering photo of him, and it says Glenn Danzig. If Frankenstein and Sigourney Weaver made a love child, and I'm like, <laughs> holy, kind of legit in this photo. Yeah, it's kind of a thing. Okay, so, <laughs> so this is what I did. So I said to the kids, "So you know Danzig through these memes." Okay, fair enough. Now, have you ever heard his music? And they're like, "No." I'm like, "But you, you little shits, have access to everything on your stupid phones. <laughs> Go listen to his music. What do you think?" So they all said to me, I don't know about Danzig, but I like Misfits. And they were referring to- Oh my gosh. But wait, I know. They were referring to the later Misfits, and I was like, oh. I mean, I don't know what to say about that. I'm Hmm. not sure how I feel about that. But are Misfits really Misfits without Danzig? I don't think so. No. I mean, to me, no way. No, absolutely not. But- I don't have kids of the... Ed, you have kids of the age that... I mean, what do they know about him or the Misfits? That would be a really interesting question. Do it. Hold on. I got an idea. (laughs) Okay. Yes! 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 Guest star. Hello! All right. Hi. I have brought my own millennial to the party here. All right. I like it. Feel closer. Okay. All right. We have a question to ask you. All right. Okay. Glenn Danzig. Do you know who Glenn Danzig is? Have you heard anything about him? I don't think so. No? I don't think I've heard anything about him. Ask, <laughs> what about the kitty the litter thing? No? The cli- kitty right, litter meme? There you go. Straight from the mouth of a 19-year-old. But what about... <laughs> ask her about the kitty litter meme. The kitty litter meme? What kitty litter meme? <laughs> oh, my goodness. How about the misfits? Do you know the misfits? I've heard of the misfits. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's good. All right. All right. Um... Have you actually heard heard the Misfits? Yeah. I don't think I could name any of their songs, but Mm. I've heard of them. Definitely. I've probably heard some of their songs. What about the song, Mother? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Sing it, Ed. Mother, tell your children not to walk my way. I think I've heard that one. Yeah! Yeah. Okay, that is Danzig. All right. That's that Danzig. Danzig. Yeah. Who sings that song? Oh. Okay. <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> okay, so here's what has to happen. So Ed's gonna give you 
some songs to listen to from the Misfits and Danzig, and you're going to report back to us from your perspective what you think. Because they're definitely a time and a place, a, a truly, really, type musician, band, entity. Right? Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right, there's homework. your assignment. <laughs> she, that now that you're done Dude, with school, she took the words you got out of my mouth. I was like, she gets more. Yes, homework. but the the thing is, is that as we know, Ed, your daughters are versed in music, so they're not like non-musical. You know, they're oh, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So no. that's that's what we, want, what we want to hear from you is is what your generation would think of bands like this because some of them are are of their time and they don't age well and they don't translate after you their know, kind of prime little, is up. And, they're a little abrasive, yeah. And we don't know until you guys tell us. Okay. Yeah, I can do that. All right. Awesome. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. Thanks for joining us. All right. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Awesome. All right. So we heard it straight from the millennial's mouth. They don't know. Nope. What I suspected all along. So, Okay. She didn't know the memes. The other kids I pulled knew the memes. She did know Mother. The other kids didn't know Mother. But one thing I will say, though, is that once she hears them, she won't forget them. This is true. Yes. You think? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Absolutely. Well, okay. if they sounded like everything else, yeah, she probably would forget them. But Exactly. They, they don't like sound like yeah. everything else. Especially to today's youth, yes. Sure. Depends on what they listen to, though. I mean, you're... Uh, Although, I, if, and if they are listening to something else that sounds like them, I really no, want to know what it is. Well, I want to listen to it, too. Plus one. <laughs> the one thing I, I don't ever want us to forget is that when we were their age, we did not have access to the amount of music they have access to. No. This is true. You know, you so know we can make assumptions based on what we know is popular of today. But they access everything, and we couldn't. Well, and that harkens back to a, a discussion I had with her the other day, and also my other daughters. Because um, I said, what are some of your favorite bands? She's like, well, we just listen to all kinds of stuff. I don't really have any favorite bands. So weird. Or anything, right? you know? It's just like, there's so much, it's like... It's the download era, man. It's the era yeah, of the single um, of the an embarrassment yeah. of riches when it comes yeah. to music, you know. So yeah, I don't know. There's no loyalty. It's whatever. No, is exactly. the next big hit. Yeah, and I think and that that pl- it you're absolutely right, and that plays to actually, you know, that plays to this whole fucking podcast. To be honest, it plays to why I feel so strongly about this discussion the discussions that we have the discussions that launched this podcast was my undying devotion for a certain period of time of metallica and ozzy um how i feel about music from my i don't want to say generation my childhood and teen i don't know my formative years Mm -hmm. because there was a loyalty back then and you did feel it and don't get me wrong i'm crazy excited that i have i have spotify and i use it to Mm. its fullest and i i love the recommendations and i love that i can build my own playlist and i can put my hands on any music 
almost, you know, from, and, and I learn about new music from it and I'm very grateful for that. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's very, very different. And I think it's probably why people are so attracted to the discussions that we have on this show and the reason that I wanted to do this, um, I, 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 and I think that's what is most difficult for bands that are independent, you know, like our friends in When Particles Collide. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very hard for them to build. A, and they work so – they're one of the hardest working bands I know. They're on the road 24-7 all the time. They do everything themselves without a label. Um, You know, they, they need a strong following to make it doable for them to keep doing what they do. It's hard. When you have access to literally everything. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. You know, because in a way, when, Ed, when you and I were kids, someone was choosing the music we listened to, right. in a way. Well, I think for the listeners, for people, the music fans, it's a good thing. But for artists, you know, obviously there's so much more competition in the marketplace you now. And it's hard, harder to make it, make it big. For and sure. For part, I mean, use particles as a, as an example. I mean, I see, I see two people who absolutely are dedicated to what they're doing, and they love what they're doing. Um, you know, as much hard work as it is, and the hours, and the travel, and and everything, they're still just themselves. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. They 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 put in the time, and they are just the most down to earth, incredible people, and. Uh, I think that says a lot, actually. Fucking incredible. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's, you know, I don't know. I mean, I think I'm still forming my opinion. A couple weeks ago, you know, I broke the news about um, Apple, you know, that they weren't, you know, like the changes that's happening in music. Oh, yes. Um, No more selling downloadable music. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's. You know, I don't know. I don't think anybody knows yet what that's going to mean. But and tonight we talked about uh, Guns and Roses and Appetite for Destruction. And so to release a box set, like a physical <laughs> box set of music, was enough to warrant a billboard in London. For me, who the fuck buys a box set of physical music anymore? I don't know. I don't no buy physical yeah. music. Yeah. Apparently, people do, though. Apparently, I guess so. they yeah. do. Apparently, they if do. you're a super fan. Sure, of, they do. You know, which are few and far between anymore. Yeah, I know I mentioned that before, but I mean, you know, the, the experience of buying an album, going to the store and buying an album... And looking at the liner notes and the track listing and the pictures of everybody mm-hmm. in the album, it's an experience in and of itself, which is completely lost on a new generation. Yeah. You know, buying a new CD, buying an album, you would wait, you would hear when it's being released. You would wait till the day it was released. You would go to the store. You know, you would you you wouldn't buy it right away. You'd look at it. You'd, you'd flip it over. You'd look at. What oh what font do they have the track list? You heard in? a single. You oh, heard yeah. a single. A yeah. single. Yeah. I mean, it was a you whole experience. I I wanted to recreate that ex- experience. Actually, I did that. It wasn't not. It was not too long ago when Metallica released their Hardwired to Self Destruct album. I actually went 
to a Tower Records in Chicago day of release and picked up the CD from an actual record store. And I was so the question to you two is when's the last time you've done that? Wow. Wow. Picked up an album from a record store on day of release. I would say even remember. I would say Saint Anger. Oh, wow. bar! I, 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 I was, but that was the last time I actually waited because it, it had been yeah. six years since their last studio album, and I it was it was two days before graduation of high school, and I remember oh, going to the store, oh my god, and making the time to go to the store and buy it, <laughs> and I bought it on CD and cassette. Nice. Yes. Ew. <laughs> well, sailor, you got to realize hindsight's always twenty twenty. No, but, you know, but at the but time, what, what did no, we know? No. What did we know it's, of the album at that point? We no, no, it's single. the age thing that's getting. Yeah. Me. Oh but, yeah, yeah. But we had heard one single, and they were playing fast. That was the no, point. no. I, yeah, I get it. No, yeah. I totally get it. Totally get it. I was the girl that showed up. So I was depending on where I lived. It was either Peaches Records or Tower Records. I think they may have been the same company. And I saw everybody. Everybody. Ozzy. You, like, name it. Just name it. And, I mean, later in life, I had a different relationship with music. But um, I snuck out of – I skipped school. I snuck out of my house because I had to go when these artists would be signing their records. It was a thing back in the day. And they would do it. And they would travel there. Um the last time I went to a store and waited in line for music, fuck, I don't know, to be honest. Um, well, not necessarily even waiting in line. I mean, just going to the record store going and buying a Going to a, a store record. and buying a CD or a record, yeah. Oh, well, it would have to be in the late 90s because I moved to Europe and got into the music business myself. And that's, you know, you get music for free then. Um it would be the late 90s in San Francisco. Oh, actually, I think I do know. Um, it was an underground band at the time. They were called Lee Press On and the Nails. It was a, <laughs> yeah, it was a rockabilly swing band. They were amazing. Oh, uh, great name. Yeah, they were fucking great. Um, I was I was singing locally at the time as well. Big fan of theirs. I think that's the last album I purchased physically that I can recall right now. Other than, you know, like um, one-off special discs or, or vinyl, special vinyls. Yeah. It's a long fucking time ago. Jesus. That's a really yeah. long... That's like 98, I think. That's a long time ago. I didn't even realize that. Yeah, that... The, the- uh, my daughter you just talked to was born in 98 just to give you a little perspective Ugh. wow <laughs> so I had a question for you guys do you guys know anybody who in your life is a die hard crazy obsessed Misfits or Danzig fan no I would have, I have to just say no. no I don't know anybody if I did I may have heard about them so- or known more about them sooner I mean, most they, of, I'm sure they would have evangelized them to me. A lot of my but, friends uh, are are big Misfits fans for sure. Most of my friends are musicians, mm. but a diehard crazy? No, I don't think so. Well, not that I know of. That's that's a my question. That's a I, I I know a guy who is a diehard Misfits Danzig fan who has been there really? since the beginning. Yeah, pretty much since the beginning. Who yeah. is 
is very obsessed with them. And um, we had an interaction recently, which which made me think of how much of a Danzig fan he is. So he happens to be my, I'm not going to say names, but he, he's my oldest brother's best friend. He's been my, my oldest brother's best friend for close to 40 years. So um, yeah, my oldest brother recently got married. God bless him. Uh, and his friend was the best man. And we were trying on tuxes and we had this conversation and Danzig came up Um we were talking about him for a little bit, and then we got onto the subject of uh, he's a big conspiracy theory guy. He talks about you know zombie apocalypses and all this stuff. So uh, <laughs> he's like, I have the perfect solution. As a would yes. would do. Yeah. So um, he's like, he's like, he's like, I have the perfect solution for the zombie apocalypse. Uh, I will survive ahead of everybody else. So I said, okay, I'm all ears. Let me know. Yeah, me too. Um, so I'm expecting, yeah, like the, I'm expecting the, uh, you know, the sort of the cookie cutter answer, you know, uh, but he's like, you know what, from day one, when day one hits, I'm going cannibal. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, everyone's, yes. he's like, he's like, everyone's fighting over food, canned food and everything else. And I'm just going <laughs> to, there's plenty of humans still around. So I'm going <laughs> full cannibal from day one. Wow. And I will live. And this I guy's like, mind works. I, I love Wait, I love this guy. I and love I it. I gave him I a high it. five. And I was like, Dude. Yeah. And I thought in my head, pure fucking misfits dancing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I just hope that this will encourage listeners who may not know who he is or, you know, like like myself knew who he was but didn't know that much yeah, about and to, him. To the listeners, I'll say, his music. Yeah, I'll say listen Misfits. to the listen to the first yeah. three or four uh Misfits albums and then if you want the solo stuff, the first Danzig album is really the the benchmark. Um he kind of loses me honestly after the first album. Maybe maybe Man. Danzig 2. That's a, I think that's a that's a good idea to discuss real quick just for yeah. I mean, I think because I think, you know, I feel like I interact with our listeners a lot. I mean, I, I hope I do. And if I don't, please, please message me, connect with me. But I feel like I do. Um, and I think I, I, perhaps I make a judgment on who our listeners are. But it, it, if you don't, so it, it's a good thing to say for us, like for me, Misfits album, Walk Among Us from 1982 I love that album. It's a great album. And so is our album from 1983. And then American Psycho. Hey, I also love that album. It's not Danzig in it, but I really, I'm sorry, but I really like it. It's it's a very of the moment, like, psychobilly record that I love. Um, same with Static, Static Age and Famous Monsters. Static Age does not have Danzig in it. Fantastic Famous Monsters also does not have Danzig, but I also really like it still. But for Danzig on his own, 1988 through 92, well, really 94, phenomenal. Go seek those out. You know, go on Spotify or whatever you use, Pandora, whatever the hell you you use to stream music. 88 through 94, sweet spots for Danzig. And I think... If you're, I mean, obviously, if you're listening to the show, you're probably into the music we talk about. This is a little bit of a departure for us, I would say. Don't you agree? 
A little bit, yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, but good points of interest for people that may not be Misfits or Danzig fans. And if you are already Misfits or Danzig fans, we have not told you anything you don't already know clearly. So we want you to sound off and tell us if you agree. You're probably around our age. So what are your thoughts on not only just Glenn Danzig and the Misfits, but on music now and how in the fuck, like, let's just wait for one second, which we missed. How in the fuck would a band break on an album just on a video that's like six years old? Oh, good Lord. Um, <laughs> that's a good question. I we do- skipped that. Totally. It didn't happen then either. Although the only thing I could say that might come close is, well, every once in a while, there will be a song, that an older song that appears in like a popular film or something like that, that all of a sudden is back on the charts again. Yeah, yeah. I remember it's like um, Twist and Shout from Ferris, when Ferris Bueller's Day, yes. Day Off example. came out. That's all like of a an sudden, old example. Everyone in my though. high school was listening to Beatles Twist and Shout. That's like 30 years ago. <laughs> No, but another example of that is uh, no, but it's a it's yeah. an example. But like, not that it, anybody knows. But like, <laughs> Paint It Black from the Rolling Stones was in like a lot of like late nineties movies. Um, Let's get more relevant, it. guys. Come on. <laughs> hey, look at the uh, the film uh, Rock of Ages. Okay. Now all of a sudden, <laughs> all my daughters. I was trying to think know of an example. These songs from the old eighties hair bands and stuff. Okay. Well, I think we're getting or we're what, kind of what's getting off on a tangent here. But. <laughs> okay, so this is the part where we talk about what we're listening to now: podcasts, oh. TV shows, music, old, new. Mm. Um, you know, whatever we're doing. What are we doing? Lately, I have been listening to the Scotch Podcast by Christopher Finn. It's freaking amazing. I love it. I'm obsessed with it. For example, so what he does is he reviews, he is Scottish himself, and he reviews Scotch brands, and he doesn't give a fuck. So clearly, my fave. He was like, you know what? Recently, like, I'm not going to say the brand. I don't give a fuck because it's too expensive, and it's shite. I don't give a fuck. And I was like, you're my kind of guy. I love it. Yes. (laughs) Awesome. But if you legit want a Scottish whiskey drinker to review scotch, you definitely should listen to him. He's amazing. He knows what he's doing. He has a great palate, knows what he's talking about, and legit could give a fuck if David Beckham loves scotch or not. He will tell you honestly if it's palatable or not. Love it. My fave. That's me. Mm. All right. Well, that reminds me of a, a guy, you know, I watch on YouTube every once in a while. His name's Ralphie. If you like scotch and whiskeys. And Ralphie? Stuff. Have you ever heard of Ralphie? Um, Ralphie, like from... Christmas Story? I know. Like, oh, you... no, no, no. Hold on. I mean, I it's, met him, um, actually. Peter Billingsley, you've met him? 
the actual oh no not the ralphie but what is his brother's name the little I brother i don't know i met him in the house in cleveland oh the kid who played okay his it's ralphie little... reviews and it's then the Ralphie. little brothers, the YouTube. little brother in the house in Cleveland. You can visit it. It's a museum. And I put, the, yeah, him. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Great. So <laughs> anyway, anyway. Oh, my God. Fuck you guys. Ralphie. He's, he's, he lives on the Isle of Man. And he does all kinds. <laughs> sure he he has like 800 freaking reviews sure oh, i'm sorry ralphie. he's in like the 700s or something like that ralphie from the isle of man of course you have 800 reviews. sounds like sailor's island. island anyway <laughs> he's on youtube look it up if you like whiskey reviews check it out matt oh man i got nothing but i'll give a shout out to somebody um there's a guy out there a big scotch and japanese whiskey guy named dave broom i don't know if you guys have heard of him um Writes a lot of books. I, I own almost all of his books. He writes about rum and, like I said, Japanese whiskey, scotch, uh, true Scotsman. Um, guy knows his stuff. Um, so I want to give a shout out to him. Uh, Instagram, he's at Dave Wasabi. Um, really just intelligent. Uh, and I just love the way he... When he taste when he tastes whiskey, the way he can pull apart different things and his descriptors, I love that. and his love descriptors, that. and uh, it's just a very unique way of tasting whiskey. And he's one of the guys I looked up to big time when I was starting in this on this journey. And uh, just a big shout out to Dave Broom. Doubt I same doubt I doubt he's listening, but you know if he is, no, thank I you, same sir. for me. Matt, yeah. same for me. Absolutely. Yeah. Like a big fan of his. Yeah. I agree with yeah. you totally. When I was starting out my journey, oh my God, he was like my go-to guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. I I rely on his tasting notes and I check myself against them. And he um, he does the World Atlas of Whiskey and I have, yes. uh, you know, I like volume two I have and that has been a saving grace for me for... Hmm. Uh, when I was learning and I had to reference back to things, um, you know, being in retail and selling whiskey, it, it, true lifesaver. And uh, I just thank him. Dave Broom is a fucking great guy. Right on, Matt. I'm right yeah. there with you. Same. Exactly. Thank you for bringing that up. Same. No problem. Yep. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, we just want to thank all of our listeners out there and for joining us for this episode and please join us for the next one on another episode of metal rock and whiskey podcast matt i believe you've gotten something to say yes now it's my read um to all of our listeners our fellow metal rock and whiskey obsessors we value your opinions and your feedback uh please if you haven't already find us on instagram at metal underscore rock underscore whiskey send us your love all your likes and please share your thoughts your reviews questions any suggestions concerns and comments about our show please feel free to do the same on our facebook page search metal rock and whiskey and ask to join to continue discussions participate in weekly polls and sound off on the show find us on youtube and please subscribe on itunes give a review do not be a dick give us that five star rating (laughs) 
You can also follow us individually on Instagram. Yours truly at the Whiskey Obsessor. That is Whiskey Save the E. Ed, where can they find you? They can find me and my antics on Instagram at Bourbon Geek. Sailor? Hey now. So our lovely Jake, who could not be with us tonight because he is auditioning for Chippendales in his area. You can find him on Bourbon Spartan, and usually he would talk about our Patreon page. So I'll talk about it instead. Hey, visit our Patreon page. If you want to donate a little bit, cool. If you don't, here's who you can donate to. We talked about when particles collide on our episode. They are a full-time touring band without a label. You have no idea how amazing that is. You can legit donate like a dollar a month, $2 a month, whatever, to keep them going. Super amazing. I suggest you do it. But anyway, as Jake would say, this was a lot of fun, guys. I hope you all have enjoyed this episode as much as we did. But my glass is empty, and it's time to go. But wait. Tip your waitress. Wait, wait, wait. What? What? This is, as we said at the beginning, our Mother's Day episode. Yes, so true. We talk a lot about uh, superstars in the music world, but let's talk about yeah. superstars in our real life. Oh, yes, uh, let's. And I will need to mention the superstar in my life, which is my wife and the mother Mrs. of our, the mother of our beautiful obsessors. son. Uh, Jen, I will say happy Mother's Day. Aww. Thank you for being supportive. Thank you for listening. Uh, and thank you for being you. Happy Mother's Day. Slade. Boy, how can I follow up that? You can't. Sorry. <laughs> all right. To all the mothers out there and my mother, happy Mother's Day. We wouldn't be here without you, literally. Truly. Touché. And let me just say this. So I love you guys so much. And we formed our relationships through this podcast. We knew each other just a little bit on Instagram through our whiskey world that we're all involved in. Mm-hmm, sure. But the one thing I do know about Jake is his love for his wife. And mm-hmm. it, yes. you know, Jake, he's Jake and I, we go we go knuckle to knuckle, head to head. Well, the one woman that slays him is his wife. Not me. She's in fact the boss of the Spartan life. So I know that, so right now he's spending time with her because it is a very important anniversary for them. But to all of your wives that allow you to spend as much time as you do with me <laughs> for this show, your wives are badasses. I love them all. And to all our moms and all our mom figures, whoever they are, and whatever gender they are is relevant. We love you and we thank you. And to that we say, good night, cheers, and fuck you, Lars. Later, everyone. Bye.